Welcome to One Cause Church. Here is another inspirational message from Senior Pastor Eric Holler. Turn to 1 John chapter 4, verse 17. All right. Anybody else have a hard time understanding what was being said during the announcement? Is that just me? <laughs> I, I tried Jamaican. I, tr- I, I can't do any of that stuff, but yeah, it was fun anyway. All right, 1 John chapter 4, verse 17, it says this, Love has been perfected among us in this, and this is our foundation scripture for our series that we're going through. This is our third week in What Have We Become? And uh, the last couple of weeks, just to give you a little recap, the, last couple, the first week we talked about how Christ became a curse and we became blessed. Aren't you happy about that today, that there's no curse on your life today? If you're in Christ Jesus, every blessing of God is on you today. The blessing of Abraham, the Bible says. And then last week, Pastor John, on Easter Sunday, so wonderfully uh, spoke on, he became sin, and we became the righteousness of God in Christ. See, it wasn't just enough for him to to become a sinner so that we could somehow do righteous things. No, it was deeper than that. We, we needed a heart change. We needed a life change. We needed the thing to stop that was causing us to sin, right? So then Christ then became sin itself, went all the way to the root of the problem. And then we became not just people trying to do righteous acts, but we actually became the righteousness of God in Christ. And that fixed that problem forevermore. And in God's eyes, you have been, you're a total new creature. The Bible says, if any man be in Christ... He is a new creation. Old things are passed away. Behold, all things have been made new. And today, we're going to look into 2 Corinthians chapter 8, verse 9. But first, we want to talk about 1 John 4, 17 that says, love, in, love has been perfected among us in this, that we may have boldness in the day of judgment. Because as He is, so are we in this world. So as Christ is, and we talked about how Christ is right now, that He came to this earth, he died on a cross for our sins, he was buried in a tomb, he rose again from the dead the third day, and now he is seated at the right hand of the throne of God. There is no higher position of authority. And so he's there, and the Bible teaches us that as he is there, so are we in this world. This this speaks of our authority in the earth through Christ. It's really wonderful. And this is how God sees you. You might not feel that way, and you might not even see yourself that way, but it doesn't change the fact that it's still true. And we need to, as believers, continually wrap our minds, wrap our faith, wrap our hearts and our lives around this truth that as He is there, so are we in this world. And when you get an understanding of that, the more you understand it, the more you let that truth penetrate your life, the greater life you'll live in this world. God's called us to live the good life, to have the good things. Jesus said, I have come that you may have life and have it more abundantly. Amen? And so with that thought, it's important that you have that thought as your premise before we understand anything else that we're talking about in this series. Because if you don't know who you are, then you don't know what you can do. Amen? But when you understand, and like I've said this before, you won't understand how much God loves you until you understand how much He loves Jesus. That He gave Him up for you. What an amazing thought. In 2 Corinthians chapter 8, verse 9, I'm going to talk to you today. Part 3, He became poor 
and we became rich. Let's look at 2 Corinthians chapter 8, verse 9. For you know the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ, that though He was rich, yet for your sakes, I want you to say for my sake, He became poor, that you, through His poverty, might become rich. Now, I have looked this word rich up in the Greek, and I have done study on it, and it only says, that word rich only means one thing, material wealth, outward, uh, outward blessings. Now, so this is not speaking of spiritual riches, this is talking about physical, natural, material riches. Now that's, that goes against a lot of things that I learned as a kid in church about the body of Christ and money. All right, and, and having nice things and being rich in this world. Because, but but it, we, we can't ignore what this says, that Christ intentionally, deliberately became poor so that we could intentionally, deliberately become rich. Are you hearing me today? So I, I want us to get out of our idea, and I, and I have to continue to this, get out of my thought process, what man has told me, what religion has tried to teach me, and just fall on the Word of God and just say, you know what, if it says it here, that's got to be true. I mean, I don't want to be a believer in this world who is so stuck in my way that I'm in the way. You know what I mean? <laughs> that I'm in the way from what God wants to do. You know, kind of like old Zeke. Old Zeke was a hard-headed old cuss. I mean, he could not admit he was wrong. He would not. He showed up down at the blacksmith's place, and the uh, blacksmith is working on a horseshoe trying to mold it and mold it. He just could not get that horseshoe to mold like he wanted it to, so he just tossed it off to the side, and Zeke saw it. So he walked over and picked up the horseshoe, not understanding that the thing was still very hot, in which he quickly dropped it. And the blacksmith looked over his glasses at Zeke and said, kind of hot, ain't it, Zeke? Zeke says, no, it just don't take me long to look at a horseshoe. You know, some people can just never be wrong. But listen to me. I, I, I want to encourage you, I challenge you, and challenge myself today to to to. Just let's look at it, take an honest look, that is, at the Word of God today. Are you hearing me today? That we believe this message. I'm going to make it clear to you today, as, much, as quickly as I can, the biblical truth and give you biblical truth and understanding so that you can simply walk by faith in God's Word. Amen? And not be persuaded by the other things. And I don't know what your belief, what you came in believing here today concerning riches, concerning wealth and prosperity for your life or, or for Christians uh, for the body of Christ, but you might have never known or just simply uh, believe that it is God's will for you to be rich. Some people believe that's God's will for some to be poor and for some to be rich. You know, some people believe that it's, that, that some people get all the breaks and other people get none of, other people get none of the breaks, right? We see this in the world. But I do ask that we all will be honest enough here today with God and ourselves and that will believe what the Bible says and then just let the chips fall where they may. Amen? Because true Christian maturity is when you see it in the Word that you change at that moment. That the Word, you allow the Word to change you at that very moment. I don't care if you've believed one way for 40 years. If you see something different in the Bible, believe that. Change right there. Repent right there. That just means change the way, the way you think. Amen? And this is how you grow in the things of God. The Holy Spirit wants to reveal to you and I the will of God. It's not, it's not all that mysterious. The will of God's really not all that mysterious because the will of God is in this Bible. The Bible is His will. 
You know, Ephesians chapter 5, verse 17, it says, Do not be unwise, but understand what the will of the Lord is. So if God's telling us understand what the will of the Lord is, we don't have the right to say, well, I just don't understand the will of God. We don't understand the ways of God. He's just so mysterious. No, hey, hey, hey. No, that's unwise. Don't be unwise. Understand what the will of the Lord is. Well, how do I do that? We'll show you. <laughs> the Word of God says that we have become rich. Now, I know what you might be sitting here thinking today that, well, my bank account hasn't been informed of that. Hmm? <laughs> or the month always outlives the money. Right? But hey, if you don't know it's His will for you to be rich, you'll never seek the treasure that He's laid up for you. Hmm? You just keep on going through life and taking whatever it hands you. I mean, think about this for a second. What if we had never drilled for oil? Has oil always been there? Yeah, of course it's been there. It's been there all the time. Yet, we haven't always tapped into it. The first person who thought of drilling for oil in the U.S., also really first in the world, was thought to be a little bit crazy. His name was Drake. And his well was called Drake's Folly. You probably remember this. And until he struck oil, that is, it was Drake's Folly until he struck oil. And this well was drilled in the state of Pennsylvania in 1859. And ladies and gentlemen, the rest is history from there. And think about the, all the things that we get from oil. And I'll just give you a few things. One barrel equals 42 gallons of crude oil, okay? 83% becomes fuel. Gasoline, well, what would you do without gas? Diesel, jet fuel, heating oil, and liquefied petroleum, gas, propane, and butane. You couldn't grill steaks. You'd have to use charcoal. <laughs> I mean, it's, we, it, we have to have it. Once we tapped into it, we had to have it, right? I mean, how much, and, and this is a, maybe a two or three years old statistic, that how much oil that we use. The U.S. alone consumes 20,687,000 barrels of oil each day. The U.S. motor gasoline consumption is 9,253,000 barrels of oil each day. The world consumes 83,607,221 barrels of oil each day. All this are from the U.S. Energy Information Agency. So you see that the potential that was realized when we were drilled for oil, you'll never know the potential or the power of the promise for you to be rich, which the Word of God says for you to be, that we have become that, right? You'll never know it until you start drilling. You'll never know it until you start seeking it diligently. You'll never know it until you start searching for it. You know, Jesus taught us, ask and you will receive. Seek and you will find. Knock and the door will be open to you. You start digging in the Word. You pray in the Spirit. You ask questions. You take risks. You believe God. You, you do. You take action. And once you're our way to experience true prosperity in your money specifically is in tithes and offerings. Amen. True prosperity is, I mean, God has opened up the way to us. This is the only place in the Bible where God says, test me. Now, we know that it's not good to test God. Yeah, I mean, you remember, you remember uh, what, what happened when Jesus was tempted by the devil and the devil took him up on the high place? the top of the temple, and said, throw yourself down here because he'll give his angels charge over you. He said, uh-uh. 
you shall not tempt or test the Lord your God, right? I mean, we don't go around acting crazy and step in front of buses going, God will protect me, right? Yeah, you can go see him just a couple of seconds later. Amen. But this is one place where God, it's like he dares us. He says, prove me in this or test me in this. See if I will not open for you the windows of heaven and pour out for you such a blessing, you'll not have room enough to receive it. How? By bringing all the tithes into the storehouse. Amazing, amazing thing. Now, how many of you have still room enough to receive it? Yeah, I still do. I still got room to receive it. Amen. But we're continually bringing our tithes. Let me just give you a personal testimony about Heather and I's lives as uh, believers, as tithers specifically, that I don't know how God does it. I don't understand his mathematical equation, except I know that it's always exponential. And it's always bigger than I ever imagined, right? And we started tithing when we were first married, and I was making $800 a month before taxes. <laughs> I still don't even know how we made it on that. I mean, living in a little apartment, making a little car payment, and uh, happy as could be, though, living on macaroni and cheese and her parents' house and my house as often as we could go over there and get our moms to cook us dinner. But, you know, but we tithe during this time. Now, in the natural, I, I, I very easily could say we could not afford to do that. And could have just given in to that mentality that a lot of people have. Well, I can't afford that. When I get enough money, I'll start tithing. But, but the truth is, God, Lord, doesn't tell us that when you get to a certain point, start tithing. He just says, prove me in this. And, and God has proven himself over and over to our lives. And every year since then, every year, we've increased. Every year from that point forward, we have increased. We've never had a year where we made less. Always increased a little bit more every time. And that's just our own personal testimony. Are we rich by any means? Well, that's all relative at this point. Our kids think that we have millions of dollars in the bank. I don't know why they think that. I've never told them that. But they think we're just an endless supply of money. And I don't mind them thinking that. I don't want my kids to ever know lack a day in their lives. Right? I mean, there's nothing sadder to me. I was in Walmart one time, and a little boy was, uh, was fastened on this, um, captivated by this motorcycle toy in the toy aisle. And he said, Mom, can I have that? She said, why do you even do stuff like that, son? You know we can't afford it. And how many times is this kid going to hear this message from his parent? We can't afford it. We can't afford it. And he's going to grow up with this mentality now, see? Can't afford it. Can't afford it. That's, 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 that's a horrible way to live your life. But see, if you don't know any better, ladies and gentlemen, as believers, there are believers out there living like this who don't really have not really bought this truth, received this truth in their life that Christ became poor so that you could become rich. Why? Why does he want his people rich? What is the purpose of this? So that you stop living a selfish life. I'm going to say that again. Why? <laughs> because we always think rich people are selfish. But listen to me. Not when you're rich God's way. Not when you're rich God's way. So that you stop being a selfish person. Because if your prayer and your life, and you've heard me say this before, but it's so important, is, God, I just want my needs met. I don't ask for much. I just want to... I, I, I just want my needs met, then you're simply living life for yourself. But when you are rich, when you're abounding in, in wealth, hey, hey, you're free to just 
Disperse, room enough to receive. You'll not have room enough to receive it. That's what that, me that, that means. Not that you just overflow and overflow, but you have enough, and you, you don't have enough to receive it all. Somebody else is supposed to receive it at that point. The, the blessing of Abraham that's on you is that I will bless you, and you will be a blessing. Amen? God wants you rich so the world can be blessed, so that those around you can be blessed. So that you can pour out of yourself. I mean, how influential can you be if you're always broke? If you're always barely got any kind of money on you? You can't help other people out. You can't advance the kingdom of God. I know that all of you have big, big desires in your heart to do things for, for, for the kingdom of God, to live a life of significance. And ladies and gentlemen, the Bible has this, all, all, this other verse that says money answers all things. It just does. It's a very personal thing. And people have these craziest ideas about money. Money is not the root of all evil. The Bible says the love of money is the root of all evil. God knows we need money. But if you love Him, then you can get rich His way. Here's His way. Give it all away until you get, so you can have more. Now, that's not the system of the world. The system of the world is take, 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 hoard, 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 save, 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 right? Until I build up my kingdom. The Bible teaches give. And it shall be given unto you. Good measure, pressed down, shaken together, run. Bring all your tithes into the storehouse. See if I will not open the windows of heaven. And the Bible says that in, in Proverbs chapter 10, verse 22, it says, The blessing of the Lord makes you rich, and he adds no sorrow with it. That is, when you do get the riches, you don't, you're not. See, the rich man, if he's all about the riches, when he gets it, it's not enough. It doesn't fill the void. It's never enough. So he just keeps working for more, keeps working for, keeps trying other things. Because his life is wrapped up in the money, in the stuff. But a believer whose life is wrapped up in God, when the riches come, there's no sorrow with that. There's no sorrow with it. He gives us richly all things to enjoy. Amen. All right, now let's continue to move forward. I want us to look at something for just a moment. 2 Corinthians chapter 8. And this is, this is really speaking of past tense. He became poor so that we might become rich. And at that moment, we did become rich. I don't know about you. How many of you remember the day that you got saved? Hmm? Raise your hand real high. I want to see you. You remember the day that you surrendered your life to, to Christ. Okay. I, I, I remember that day, too. I was five years old, and I've told you my testimony how me and my brother went to this little kids' crusade in Dallas down in Oak Cliff, Oak Cliff Assembly of God, I think is what it was called. And uh, we got bussed over there to this kids' crusade, and this puppet show was going on, and this puppet, you know, told me what a sinner I was and how I needed to change my ways and stop living that riotous living. And uh, at five years old, I put aside all the drinking and smoking and all that stuff and decided to <laughs> give my life to Christ. So me and my brother, we walked this aisle down to the front of the church, and we surrendered our hearts to Jesus that day. He was four and I was five. And I don't remember at that point, like any... Money falling out of heaven, you know, bags of gold surrounding me saying, now you've become rich. Any of you have that experience? Hmm? All of a sudden, your bank account was just stocked full of money and everything was great. You were just completely rich, like you just won the lottery. Hmm? No? But did it change the fact that it was still true? And no, it didn't. It didn't change the fact that at that moment when you got in Christ, you became rich. You just had to start drilling. You just have to start drilling from there and opening up. The Bible says that without faith, Hebrews eleven six, 6, it is impossible to please God. 
For he who comes to God must believe that he is, and he is a rewarder of those who diligently seek him. Diligently means to, to continually dig, to dig down deep, right? Amen. So that's why it makes sense then. Ephesians says you were blessed with every spiritual blessing in heavenly places. That's what the book of Ephesians teaches. You are blessed with every spiritual blessing in heavenly places. Ladies and gentlemen, if you're blessed with every spiritual blessing in heavenly places, then you're blessed everywhere you go. Because what we know, what we see, what is visible to our eyes came out of the invisible. These spiritual things, all these spiritual blessings that are invisible can materialize into the natural when you get your mouth on it and you begin to speak invisible words of faith and then see it happen. Just like God did in the beginning. He said, light be. And bam, there it was. And he started speaking creation into existence. Right? And the very same spirit is on the inside of you. The very same power is on the inside of you because as we learned a while ago, as he is, so are we in this world. So how are you going to see these things materialize? How are you going to see the riches and the wealth of God materialize? When you get it in your mouth, that is the spirit of faith. I believed and therefore have I spoken. We also believe and therefore speak. Drilling, digging, diligently seeking him. That's why we can have the audacity, just like Jesus said, on earth as it is in heaven. Right? You are blessed, and you will be a blessing. Oh, man, i got so much to talk to you about. Let me show you one thing, and then we'll be done. Back over in 2 Corinthians chapter 8. Paul is, is challenging the Corinthians because of these churches back in Macedonia I'm just, that had come up with this free will offering. They were very poor people. And he said their deep poverty and their exceeding joy mixed together and then it abounded to this liberal giving. So can you imagine these poor people get together and they scrape all the stuff they got, to, all they can to bring this offering to the church in Jerusalem and Paul and them show up and they're, they're blown away. They can't believe that these people were able to do something. And they're happy to do it. Not giving grudges, they're happy to give it away. And Paul learned something at this point. So he's talking to the church in Corinth about this other church. He said, listen, Listen, I want to I encourage you to continue in this same grace that they, continue, that they did. Listen to this. First Corinthians, or 2 Corinthians 8, verse 7. But as you abound in everything, listen to me. It is God's will that you abound in everything. And Paul's saying, as you abound in everything, that is in faith. That is having abundance of faith. Amen. And as you abound in speech and in knowledge and in all diligence and in your love for us, see that you abound in this grace also. That is the grace of a free will offering. Look at verse 5. shows us really something powerful. And not only uh, as we had hope, but they first gave themselves to the Lord and then to us by the will of God. So we see that they first gave to the Lord, which is their tithe, and then they gave to us, which is their offering. Because Hebrews says that Jesus receives tithes, right? We give to him. He says, I speak not by commandment. I'm not trying to pressure you. And I'm just testing the sincerity of your love by the diligence of these others. For you know the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ, that though he was very rich, yet for your sakes he became poor, that you through his poverty might become rich. How is it that you'll know this? How is it that you'll realize this in your life, that you simply 
Live in the grace of giving. Be a giver. Be generous. Don't give of necessity or grudgingly, but be cheerful about it. He who sows sparingly will also reap sparingly, but he who sows bountifully will also reap bountifully. Amen? Praise God. We're out of time. Let's stand together. Thank you for listening, and we hope you enjoyed the message. For more information about One Cause Church, please visit us online at onecausechurch.com.